This is a Hot Pie Media Original. This episode of the Inhumane Podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. So, is there anything that is preventing you from achieving your goals? Anything at all? Is there a reason that you seem like you're in Stuckville and you just can't move forward? Well, BetterHelp is here to assess your needs and really match you with your own licensed professional therapist. I love that you're able to chat with them within 48 hours and it's not a crisis line. It's not for self-help. It really is just professional therapy and you can do this securely online. The services are available no matter your time zone and you can log into your account anytime and send your message to your therapist. It's like having them on speed dial. You can even schedule a weekly video or phone session, and you never have to sit and wait in a lobby. BetterHelp is really committed to, you know, facilitating those great therapeutic matches, and they make it super easy and free to change therapists if you need to do so. I know with a lot of the service providers of anti-human trafficking organizations and people like you who are listening to this could have some vicarious trauma and the therapists they see don't normally allow them to move back and forth. And so here you're able to change therapists if you need to do so, um, so that you find a better fit. Now, BetterHelp really wants you to start living a happier life today. So please visit their website, betterhelp.com. And because they're doing such a great job, you can join over a million people who have taken charge of their own mental health and with the help of an experienced professional. And so we have an actual special offer for you today for all of the Inhumane podcast listeners. You get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com forward slash inhumane. Welcome back to another episode of the Inhumane Podcast, and you're listening to part two of Father Con. This is where we really get into men and women and being allies and partners together so that we can better our world, we can better humanity. And so if you have not listened to part one of Father Con, I advise you to push pause, stop, go back to episode one um, with, with this one because it's just... It's going to give you some great insight of what the problem is of having no fathers in the home. Um, so listen to part one. We'll see you back for part two. There, there's an awful lot of trauma that's being passed down to their kids in one way or another. Right. And, and that's the, the what you see within the African-American community is this multi-generational transmission of trauma, which is. If it, if it doesn't stop, if somebody doesn't intentionally say, this has got to end with me, mm-hmm. it, it does. It keeps it, it just keeps being handed down and handed down. Yeah. Um, so I think I just think there we've got to start having those conversations. We, we have to start creating a community of fathers, uh, you know, a safe places where, where fathers can get together and and really be honest. I think mm. without honesty, things just don't change. You've got to be honest with yourself. You've got to be honest with others. And then also, I think we have to be honest about the definition of what being a man is. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We have to be willing to um, have that conversation and redefine it. I, I, I tell the young men that we work with, listen, uh, the measure of a man mm. is not um, how many women you can have, how many young girls you can have. Well, it, that's not the, me- the measure of man is your ability to control yourself. That's right. That's such yeah. a great when, when you break When you break it all the way down. 
it's the man that can control himself the most is the one that typically is going to be most successful in any arena, mm-hmm. um, business, sports, in life in general. Because as a man, you have to be willing. You know, it's 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 like if right from from your uh, from whether the Kipling, if you can keep your head when mm-hmm. all about you are losing theirs and blaming it on you, like that's that's what being a man really is. Right. You 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 have to, and we have to hold fast to, to that definition and not let these superficial things that Patrick talked about not let those things creep into the definition. But unfortunately, if they don't have one of us as a filter to help them understand and process this stuff then just like a kid will prefer a Twinkie or a honey bun to broccoli, mm-hmm. right? They're going to, they're going to prefer smut, porn, um, all this other kind of stuff. They're going to, they're going to prefer that to stuff that's going to be with them as, and that's going to sustain them for the rest of their life. Yeah, no, that's a really great point. And I love, you know, when we talk to our, the young people in our communities, um, one of the things like you, like you mentioned, right their their brains is not developed yet fully. And so they need an adult to help guide them right on this right path. And so on one end, our culture, especially like as influencers, right? You can ask a six-year-old right now, what do you want to be when they grow up? And it is no longer a policeman and fireman. It is an influencer, mm-hmm. right? And so when they say influencer, on one end, all of our pop culture is all about success and side hustles and five side hustles. Mm-hmm. So you could be a millionaire by the time you're 15, right? So on mm-hmm. one end, have self-control as uh, for your money and your business, but no self-control when it comes to actual relationships and character building, right? <laughs> like how to actually love and be loved, that is out the window. It is that's where they yep. bring in the porn and the smut and everything else that you gentlemen described. So here, our whole society is becoming this walking contradiction. On one end, it's all about self-control for success, but only monetarily. And on this end, no self-control at all whatsoever, because we make money off of that. Like you said, going back to being just straight consumers, right? We make money off of people's um, struggle and their shackles. And and we've just created this continuous broken, you know, broken society. And so for both of you on FatherCon, um, uh, so we just had Alan... Uh, a couple of days ago or a couple of weeks oh, ago, Alan Smith. Yeah, he's so great, right? Um, and I'm so glad that him and Jessica are going to be at FatherCon with you all. Right, right. And him and I talked um, about toxic masculinity. And I kind of want to touch on that a little bit. And then maybe um, if that's something that you are discussing at FatherCon. So as I mentioned, you know, I I love my dad to death, my brother, my husband. They're great, great men. I have a little boy right now that's due on May 1st. So more so, yeah, our boys, you know, uh, it's such a great, great opportunity when I see you two gentlemen doing this thing for for men and future fathers. Um, Because I also think that men are are being attacked in a lot of different ways. Not saying that men can't fix themselves and that we don't need help. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But we are in this divisive culture of men versus women and women versus men. And it's absolutely absurd. And it is hurting humanity altogether. It, when we're against each other like this with the the genders, Mm -hmm. nobody wins. We all lose. So what are some things that you gentlemen 
Um, cause I, I worry a lot about toxic masculinity. I feel like if you say anything, oh my God, then, then it's against women and women are going to come at you. But women that have sons and have daughters, they need to realize how they have to tag team, how we have to partner, um, you know, with, with men. And that's what I talk to in my women groups. And you see the light bulbs pop off. Cause they're like, you're right. I'm coming from a hurt place. And I'm not coming from really sometimes this motherly place. What is best for my child? I'm thinking it again, it, it's about me a lot of times in my hurts. Right. So can y'all talk a little bit about masculinity or, or if that's a conversation um, that y'all talk in this safe space of Father Khan at all? You got like four or five hours, right? Yes. <laughs> cliff notes, cliff notes, Patrick, cliff notes. <laughs> I know some people don't know what those are anymore, but cliff note version. <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah, you, you, you are dating me. You're yeah. dating me with cliff notes. Yeah, I think FatherCon, we do, we we really do hit on on that. And, you know, like like Alan will be speaking. And I think um, there, are, there are so many elements of, of masculinity that have become, that have become toxic. Sure. And, and but they're also they're they're it's self toxic. It's mm. these are things that undermine your your success and your happiness as a man and as a and as a father, and and that's what the tragedy is is that you know you you buy into this this narrative and you buy into this this illusion that that being being and feeling entitled is going to make you happy. And and I just you know I I just I just find that attitude of entitlement. That somehow I'm supposed to have all these things. Mm -hmm. And if I don't get them, I'm going to take them or I'm going to accuse somebody else of depriving me of them. Or, you know, it, it, it manifests yeah. in different ways. But at the, the base of, of a, the sense of entitlement, instead of me earning it, you know, like where you, you really earn trust and you earn respect. Um, I, I'm, I'm reading this book. Um, I, I live with my 98-year-old mother and I, and I read to her at night and put her to bed. And uh, so I'm reading Denzel Washington's book on you know, different stories of all these different people who have had influences in their lives that got them to where they are. And it's just this, this common theme of having a parent who really, you know, set boundaries, really gave you the guidance, really, really um, drew out the best in their kids. Mm -hmm. And if it wasn't then, it was somebody who worked at the Boys and Girls Club. It was somebody in a, in a role of a, of a father who, yeah. who helped to draw out the best in someone. And it's, um, yeah, it's it's so frustrating because I just see like men men buying into this idea that they're entitled to something that they haven't really earned that hasn't really been given to them, and and it and it manifests in a lot of really toxic ways. It, mm. it, you know, it's like if I, if I'm entitled to if you believe that sex is a is a necessity that you're going to die if you don't have sex, yeah, and that you need to have all the different kinds of sex that you're seeing in porn. Mm -hmm. You you are you are inevitably going to self harm. I mean, you are you are putting yourself in a position to destroy in any kind of an integrity in your relationships, or, or even the access to real intimacy. Mm -hmm. You're you're removing that from your ability to experience that, and and, and in in the most hardcore sense. I mean, we have teenage boys now that that cannot physically respond to an actual woman. Yeah. They can only respond to a computer screen because their whole sexual life. And, and intimacy has gone out the window. It's it, intimacy now is connected to a completely hundred percent self gratification experience with, with other human beings. Mm -hmm. And then that translates into their relationships with others. And I know I'm kind of going all over the place, but, yeah, um, but I think father, Con, 
you know, Alan addresses this and he addresses it in his book, you know, when he and other men got together and decided what kind of fathers they needed to be before they became fathers. You know, we, we, we need a lot more of this discussion among men and we need a lot more of this where we're supporting each other and, and not the nudge, nudge, wink, wink of the locker room, mm-hmm. knock, locker room relationships, but how do we give support to each other? The, the best of, of us as men. Right. Um, and I think that's what's, we really have to encourage. And Father Khan, there's a number of speakers that address these different issues um, to try to encourage more responsibility as men and fathers. Mm-hmm. And I know Donald's well, going to well, have a much better answer than me. <laughs> well, well, listen, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know about that one, brother. But let me, but let me <laughs> say this: um, toxic masculinity. When I think about toxic um, masculinity, I think about uh, a man that's over aggressive mm-hmm. in all his ways. And again, that goes back to that. That really is a weak man. That really so he he thinks that he's strong right. because he shows strength. Mm-hmm. He shows power, right? And he tries to be domineering and controlling. Well, if you peel it all back, and and, and I say this to people in counseling sessions, um, especially with with couples, and I encourage them. Man, go back. I, I, it's not ethical for me to tell your story, mm-hmm. but go back and tell people what you went through, because at the end of the day, we all want the same thing. That's to be respected and to be loved. Mm. Men and women want the same mm-hmm. thing. We want respect and we want to be loved. How we arrive at it may be differently. And a lot of that has is, is, you know, it's, it's, Nurture versus nature, right? Is that whole? And I'm not going to, you know, get all into that. But I will <laughs> say that in looking at that in in view of toxic masculinity, I I think that whenever I see a man who just had, and I'm trying not to use names, that's why I'm stammering because I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to cause any, any issue for your podcast. Uh, but when I see when we see public figures that have to go on and on and on about how much of a man they are and have to be so rude and so abrasive, et cetera. You're really dealing with a man who's not in touch with who he is. And he's afraid to be in touch with who mm-hmm. he is because of what that inner little boy is going to reveal about him. Mm-hmm. And he needs to know it is, you know what, at the end of the day, it's okay. Yeah. It is okay. If the most toxic man has the, has the longest list of insecurities. That's the right. most yeah. narcissistic man is the most insecure man that you can ever be around. And the reason why I say that, because look at the stars, right? The North star doesn't shine any, any less because you can see Jupiter some nights, right? Mm. It just adds to the beauty. That's the kind of man I want to be. I don't have my, my light is not diminished because Patrick's light is shining as well. Right. It's not. Yeah. But a toxic man will view everything as, as as a competition, everything as a threat, et cetera, because he does. He himself does not believe he's good enough. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. And so it's all yeah. it's, it's, it's just this is something that's just it's a masquerade party mm-hmm. is what it is. Mm-hmm. It's, it's right. not it's not real. Yeah. It's not real. No, that's Don, so Donald, one thing you said earlier. And I think this is uh, it relates to the same thing. It, the, the, the basics for the man is self-control, right? That he that he actually learns to control himself. That's the root of integrity. Yeah. Right. I, I do what I say I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. I, I act in a way that's in accordance with what I feel that I should do, even if it's even if it's detrimental to me. I mean, in a sense. Right. If, if I'm going to be I'm going to be losing out in some way, but I'm going to have integrity by God and 
And so that requires self-control. And when that's taken away, you're, you don't have any true integrity. You mm -hmm. don't have any true self-trust. I mean, I cannot trust that I'm going to behave in the way that I should. And so then that makes me insecure. And that insecurity then in, toxic, in a toxic and masculine environment, that insecurity translates into aggression and turns into, you know, I'm yeah, going to beat I, up my wife. I'm, I'm, well, yeah, because I'm trying to medicate that insecurity. Yeah. yeah. And I try to medicate it by over drinking, by overeating, by 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 being out all but you know, hanging out all night and you know, and we used to say chasing skirts. So I'm 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 really dating myself because I don't <laughs> think anybody said that phrase anymore. But you know, all these things that we do to try to to try to appease and try to deal with that inner insecurity, well with reality, the only way to deal with insecurity is to call it out for what it is mm. and know that you are you are good enough. You are you can you can do better and being willing to change your life. But by the time most men want to make that turn, they have already developed such bad habits, such bad peer groups, and they have built their lives on a lie mm -hmm. so much so that they're afraid to unpack it. Yep. And so, so then we just keep sweeping on the rug, sweeping mm -hmm. on the rug, sweeping on the rug. And then until we finally are faced with it and we have to deal with it. And, and that's, that's what we're trying to change. Yeah. That's why I work with young people. Because if we can get them before they start all that packing and all that sweeping under the rug, if we can get them to start processing that stuff now, mm -hmm. then their lives will be so much better off, For you know, sure. by having done the work on the front end. You know, um, that's why I love Donald. Yeah, I see that. I see that <laughs> for sure. And I, I appreciate you bringing him on the podcast because that's so good, um, you know, in so many ways. And I will tell you when I one of one of our businesses is. Um, you know, we work with individuals who are court ordered, right, to take classes because they got themselves into trouble. And I do have a lot of men that come through um, and they have to take parenting classes or they have to take domestic violence classes because there is an incident. A lot of them are one time, like first time uh, offenders of domestic violence. And when we unpack their story or they unpack their story, really, um, and we're seeing such transformation uh, because we're not focused on what they did, right? Like most, like most entities, um, want to remind them of the horrible thing that they did. And we're trying to find the root cause of these things. Um, and a lot of them feel so defeated already because they say one, um, and Donald, you and I are here in Texas and we know Texas is very pro mom, very, very pro mom. Um, and, and so these men already feel completely defeated. They're like, I'm not going to be able to see my kids. Uh, no one was tracking the domestic violence I was receiving from her. And then the time I snap, then it's just on me. And now I can't see my kids. Um, I'm pushed away from society, community, families. Um, my kids are now told all these horrible things only about me. <laughs> like, you know, and so... How do y'all get them to come back, right? To keep trying um, to to fight for their family? Because like to your point, um, Patrick, you have a man who's been to court 500 times, right? Like that is ridiculous. So how do we build these men up or how do they build themselves up when they go to something like Father Khan or these mentorships that you have um, so that they can stay in the fight, if you will, because it's so I think, important. I, I think the only way, and I'll, I'll make my answer short because we're dealing with the grand poobah of this. That's why we come together <laughs> for the father con. So, but I, I'll say we have to create community. 
Mm-hmm. We create community and safe spaces. And so this is what attracted me to FatherCon um, is this is a way to to start creating community, not just in California, but but eventually all around the world. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And and so I, I'll cut my answer off there. So Patrick can, can wax poetically about that. <laughs> <laughs> Too funny. Wait, wait, add to that. Um, but I, I think that's absolutely true that we need a community and we need kind of the shared experience and, and a support for each other. Cause I think there are some men who have really just gone out on a limb because they will not give up their relationship with their kids and, and they're willing to, you know, take, take on whatever it takes, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of other men are just kind of like, well, okay, if, if, if that's the way it's going to be, I'm, I'm out of here. Yeah. And, and I think we need those, those, we need to, to the support system of each other in order to really deal with that. And we need, you know, we need legal tools. So, I mean, we're going to, we're going to have one workshop. that's going to be just on what to do legally uh, for a lot of fathers. Um, We we need, we need all the different, we need the the whole toolbox, you know, of of things to, to do. But I think the, the, the main thing is that, that community that Donald's talking about. So Mm -hmm. we're, we're now FatherCon, we're establishing now kind of small groups, you know, which are going to be, you know, these kind of safe places for men to really be honest and, and also learn from each other. You know, like, and, and to realize, you know, selling out on your kids is not, it's, it's not a good option. And in most cases, you know, I think men who struggle, the, the first thing that pops into their heads is that my kids are going to be better off without me. Mm. And, um, and I had the, the, the last father con Donald when, when Laura King came. So Rodney King's daughter came okay. yeah. and I got to know her because she was working with in the African-American community to keep fathers engaged with their families. And, and I loved that. So I asked her to come to father con. And, and then, you know, what I learned through her, so Rodney King, all of us, the first thing you think of is pr- police brutality, drugs, and riots. I mean, that's, that's what we think of when we think of Rodney King. And, um, and she told me this whole other side of him. This man was a really great dad. He wouldn't miss a single thing that happened in her school. He was there for her, and not just her. He was there for every other kid who didn't have a dad. Mm-hmm. You know, he was buying notebooks for other kids. And so he had his, his struggles and his demons. But that he was this incredible role model for Laura and the family and, and also in the community. And um, and I felt so heartbroken that that, you know, he gets reduced to this this really singular image mm-hmm. um, when actually there was this real depth to him. And and his being a father resulted in in, you know, his daughter and other people really wanting to be responsible for a community. Mm-hmm. And and what we have the temptation to so many men is to check out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like, oh, they're going to they're going to end up being better off without me. This episode of the Inhumane podcast is brought to you by Canopy.us. Now, I know you've heard me talk a lot about the dangers of online in our world today. So I'm here to tell you about a few tips that can help protect your kids online from porn and sexting. I highly recommend, of course, to use parental controls on all of your family's devices. But the truth is that the average age of exposure to porn is 11 years old. And one in four kids have received a sext and one in seven have actually sent one. So that's why Canopy is such an important app to install on your kids' devices. Canopy actually helps prevent the exposure to porn before it happens. They use their technology actually filters images and videos in milliseconds. And when Canopy detects a nude or lingerie-esque image, it's saved to your child devices. It will give them the option to delete or send to you for approval. 
that's like a lot of checks and balances. So you can try Canopy for today by using the code Inhumane and check out for 30 days free and 20% off for life at canopy.us. Emily, let me let me add something. This actually happened um, a couple of years ago now, and I'm not going to use the names, but we were working in a, in a, in a school and um, had, had having, you know, um, a big event. And I had a mother call me, a mother of, um, of, 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 of one of the young men. And she said, I see, I've heard that my child's father is, is mentoring kids there. I, and I said, okay. She said, well, he's not being a good dad to his kids. So how can he mentor another kid? And I said, I said to her, I said to her, I said, ma'am, maybe the fact that he's on campus interacting not only with his son, but interacting with someone else's son Mm -hmm. is his way of trying to find his way back. Mm -hmm. But what I thought was, because I, I, you know, this man was active in our program. And so what I saw what I heard over the phone was different than what I saw. Mm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Meaning that she had in crystallized and, and, and had, Mm. she had him stuck in his worst moment. And that's, that's all he could ever be in her mind. Mm -hmm. Okay. In turn, a lot of moms cast that same image of the worst of their of their partner, right? Mm-hmm. And you said it earlier, and they passed that on. Yeah. Where a lot of men who are seeking redemption, men, we like to do things. We right. like to, we we are we're doers, right? Mm-hmm. We're, you know, some say we were the hunter-gatherers, right? We we like to be hands-on. So his way back to redemption was going and trying to make a difference in the life of a young man so that he would grow up and make the same mistakes that he made. And so I I found myself explaining to to the mom and you know she got emotional and and she was like I just want him to do this I said ma'am I hear everything that you're saying but let's celebrate the fact that he is in your son's life now mm-hmm. and not just your son's life he's in one of your son's friends life mm-hmm. so maybe let's give him a little bit of grace as he's trying to make his way back and okay. I think again our men we it's it's weird because men, especially in America, men still dominate and we still run a lot of things, right? But we also the flip side of that is, especially for 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 minority men, we still feel victimized and picked on in in a lot of ways. And and I'm not trying to get any sympathy, not trying to because especially during Women's Month. So <laughs> I am not. I don't want that smoke. Okay, I do not want that smoke. Ladies, we love y'all. We couldn't do nothing without you. That's not what I'm saying. But I am also expressing uh, publicly what is said in barbershops, what is said in text messaging groups, you know, and when men are truly being ourselves in a safe space with other men that we love and trust, what we talk about. Mm-hmm. And that is, man, we, 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 we make one mistake. And it is just, I mean, you brought it up, you brought it up a few minutes ago and then I, I'm going to cut my comments off because I don't, I don't want to just keep going. I can go on and on and on. I, I was working with a couple. She was about, and I'm not exaggerating. She was about four foot nine, four ten. She was under five feet. Mm-hmm. Okay, he's six four. He's six four. He's a big guy. She was the abuser in the relationship. Mm-hmm. When they came to me, they they were seeking um, help, and 
this came out and his whole body language changed. And I thought they were joking at first because of the big size difference. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, no, um, Reverend Parrish, this is what happens. I mean, she was very physical with him. And he says she's so small. He's the number one. I love her. I would never do anything to harm her. But she's so small. If I did anything, you know, if I responded in any way, you know, it's go- I know what's going to happen to me. Mm-hmm. And I beg her not to position me like this. You know, I've seen cases where the man has called the, the, the cops on it because because he's trying to maintain control. Right. Things are getting out. of, But the cops get there and they arrest him. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I called. Yeah. They're like, <laughs> we like, got to take I, somebody. I mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so um, this is a and, and, and it's a lot of times it's the machismo of the police officer that says, I'm going to come in. I'm going to save the day from this little lady. You know, and it's. So it's like this whole weird dynamic we got when we're just not willing to be honest about what's really going on with us, what mm-hmm. is really going on with us. And so I think the way that we try to get back is by creating this, this sense of community, which th- that's why church attendance is so good. That's why fraternities matter. Mm-hmm. That's why uh, whatever, however you want to group yourself, be yeah. committed to that group. Invest yourself, well, investigate, make sure they're about the right things. But once you've done that, then give yourself to that because it, the Bible says this way, as iron sharpens iron, so shall mm-hmm. man sharpen the countenance of his brother. Well, when when iron gets together, it produces sparks. I mean, that's some clanging, that's some banging that's going to go on, right. but it's healthy. Mm-hmm. It's, it, that's, an, that's a healthy environment so that we can be refined and turn into the, and they'll turn to the instruments that we need to be for our families. Ooh, so good. I appreciate you sharing that. That's And if, you know, for, for women and men listening, you know, as a whole, um, I'd like to know maybe first, actually, let me ask this question. How can, how can people sign up for FatherCon? Cause that is coming April 1st, Patrick. Is that correct? April 9th. April 9th. Sorry. Thank you for the correction. It's not April Fool's. That, thank you for that. Yeah. <laughs> and it's for Turning all... Turning Father Gun into a joke. I mean, come yeah. on. Well, listen, when he first told me about it, I thought it was, it was, I thought it was April Fool's joke. Earth. I was like, you been doing what? <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Oh, all right. Um, this, is, this is real. Okay. Got it. <laughs> um, who, just real quick, who's it for and how can people uh, join, join Father Con in April? So it's on Eventbrite, but it's also, you go to the website. So it's father-con.org. You can go to the website there. You can see the list of the, the present presenters and the workshops that are going to be there. And it's for, it's for men and women. I mean, I think it's, you know, we'll do things that are just, just men, but for father con, for the conference, women also have to have to come and, and understand the, the how they support and and what to expect and and you know like uh what men are dealing with so mm-hmm. you know and, and this is in the human trafficking sphere where we really found so many single mothers were inviting men into their lives that end up becoming the traffickers of their right. children and so we, we want we want also this to be something that's that's valuable for anyone who anyone who feels that men are you know critical that that, that fathers are critical in the lives of children and in their communities um, we want this to be a, a place for everyone to learn. Um, I mean, I keep saying it's a place to get informed. It's to, a place to get inspired and to really get ignited. So we are we actually start to spread this beyond just the, the four walls of the conference. Um, so they can go to the website, again, fathercon.org. They can register there and they can see which workshops they'd want to attend. There's going to be two sets of workshops. 
Okay. Um, they'll be about 45 minutes long. Um, there's free lunch, free lunch. Um, free, I'm always told that if you have an event with men, you got to have free food. That's right. <laughs> um, and then we also have a, a Heart of the Father Award, which is a, a chance to recognize some men who have really gone, you know, their their fatherhood spread far beyond the four walls of their homes. And um, awesome. we gave three awards in the last in the last event, and, and we're shitting of three this time, too. Um, two of the men that are coming are just they're just such awesome people, Harold D'Souza and Jeff Brodsky. And I'm, I'm working on a third who would be also really just a really inspirational guy to have come. Um, it's a scheduling thing, <laughs> oh, gotcha. but, uh, but everyone's welcome. It's, it's basically 18 and above. This is not an event for younger kids. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll have those later, but this one is really a chance for adults to really get together. You know, eight, you know, 18 years old when you're starting to really look ahead to becoming a father. So we want them to, yeah, to, to connect and also to start forming those communities around fatherhood, mm-hmm. you know, not, not just around sports or not just around video games, but how, how do we start to create a community of young men before they become fathers? Um, so that's, a, that's another part of what FatherCon is working on. And are you planning um, to like uh, eventually go into other states to bring FatherCon to other states? Oh yeah, we're coming to Texas. I was gonna say, I mean, yeah. you got Donald right there. You want to come down to Austin? Like we're, you know, the the need is so so big. And like I just came from a marriage conference, and you're talking, there's like thousands of people there. Like you know, so people are. I think they're thriving and they want it. They want to trust first the organization that's doing it, and then right. two, they're like, oh my gosh, I didn't even think Father Con is a, a thing, right? Like I didn't think fathers can hang out and, and get informed and learn and apply things like this, right. To be a better dad, a better father figure or whatever it is that they choose to be. So, uh, come on down. You don't even need a hat. It's a, it's a, it's a myth. You don't need a cowboy hat at all whatsoever. That's right. You can come as you are. That's That's how we take you. I lived in, I lived eight years in Texas. There you go. I love Texas. (laughs) Just don't come when it's super hot. We want FatherCon to become a movement. And it's like, it's something to really inspire men, you know, Mm -hmm. across the country. And even, even around the world, we have people tune in from, from other countries as well. Okay. And, uh, Listen, okay. And, and, and as and as a Longhorn, Austin is very special to me. That's so right. I we, saw we, that, we, sir. We'd love to do something there. Hook them. Yes, <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> and so then, Donald, how can we, our listeners, support uh, Be a Steady Hand? Okay, great. Uh, name of our organization is A Steady Hand. Our website is Be a Steady Hand. We put an action word in front of it. B e a s c e a d y h a n d dot org. Um, we're very active on social media, especially our Facebook page. So if you just put in a steady hand on Facebook, you'll see our logo, which is our logo, vision statement, mission statement, et cetera. Uh, so you'll see a black hand, um, with white writing on it. Fun, mm-hmm. fun fact. That's actually my hand. I drew, <laughs> I kind of, I was brainstorming and I took it to one of my friends who's an artist and he, he took it from there. And so, um, so cool. and, and our, uh, Instagram, uh, is, is, uh, at be a steady hand. So just reach out to us. Our emails and all okay. the stuff are, are there. Um, we are we are now we're active in two states. Um, with we just had agreements in a couple places in California. Um, we're working on Baltimore uh, and we're working on I'm missing, uh, we're working on, on on Minneapolis. And so nice. by the end of this year, we'll, we will be up and running on five, in five states. And so um, we are we're very excited. We're chomping at the bit. 
Um, but this is hard work and we need men and women of all age. And we do a lot of neat stuff. I won't bore you with all this stuff, but just reach out to us and we'll, we'll love to share it with you. Okay. We'll definitely get you on uh, another show. So gentlemen, really, this is just the beginning of our conversation because we're going to definitely go into, uh, have to have y'all back so we can go deeper dive really into human trafficking and yeah. how easy it is for children who are young people who are fatherless um, get lured. And it is a public health, you know, it is a public health issue. We're seeing suicide rates grow, right? We're seeing exploitation grow. We're seeing pornography grow. We're seeing violence grow, like all these things. So we definitely want to have you all back on the show. But if you can leave our listeners with one thought and one action that first you would share with women, uh, because it is International Women's History Month, as you mentioned, Donald. So if we can share with women, right? Um like, what is it that they can do, right, to partner um, so that they can, too, help and eliminate absentee fathers? Um, and maybe what role that they can play? And the same thing for fathers, right, is what's one thought or action that they can do to keep pushing forward to understand the importance of fatherhood all the way around? Y'all can take that okay, as you want. I, I am going to jump ahead of uh, other professor on this one because so because uh-uh, you're not going to set me up back, no sir. So um, for women, I, I I would it's one answer, but it's it's twofold because I want us to look at two different populations. I'll make this very brief. Okay. Um, when you're dealing with the young boys in your in your life, especially if you're a single mom, whereas you know his father is not actively in the household with you. Mm-hmm. He is not that little boy is not your man. He's not your boyfriend. He's not the man of the house. He's not the substitute for your partner. He's a little boy. So good. Mm-hmm. I always remember that he's your little boy. He and rem- and if you remember that, then you'll give him the grace that he needs as he's growing up, and you won't make him take on too much responsibility, which in turn will lead because too much responsibility too early leads to resentment, leads to resenting women, and then here we go, the cycle continues. He will be yet another young, another man who's mm-hmm. not in the household raising his kids. Yeah. So if you want, if you really want to break that cycle, then watch your language, watch your verbiage around him as it relates to his biological father, whether he's good, bad, and different. Mm-hmm. But also don't put that pressure. As you're dealing with grown men, if you're married, if you're dating, uh, even your brothers um, and your fathers, you know, your co-workers, under- understand that we know we're not perfect. We understand that we're not perfect. But if we show you some vulnerability, know how to handle our vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Don't ridicule us when we're being honest about this is how I feel. Don't say things like, I never thought a man, you know, I, yeah. I was growing up, men, men shouldn't feel this way. You know, me, 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 I, you know, I never knew men behave like this. Don't, don't, don't do that. That's not, that's not fair mm-hmm. to that man who is choosing to be vulnerable to you. To, to, to the men, I would say every day is a new day. Whether you're a good father, whether you're a bad father, whether you're a good man, you're a bad man. If God gives you grace and lets you see another day, then be, live a better day today than what you did yesterday. And if he gives you tomorrow, aim to be better tomorrow than what you are today. One day at a time, one foot in front of the other. That's the only way that we can get through this thing. Oof. 
Thank you. That was good. Oh, Appreciate man. that very much. Now it's Patrick <clears throat> that's got a phone. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's all, folks. Thank you so much. <laughs> I, I think we both, you know, men and women, we both need to come to a point where we recognize that that fathers are really critical in the lives and the development of our children. And, and, you know, to, to stop, to stop this, this um, re- repeating and creating this impression that somehow it's, you know, single parented is, is some somehow equal or, or, I mean, it's, it's so tough to, to, to say, but it's just, we, we need, we need a father in the lives of our children. And, and it can be a father figure. It can be a grandfather or an uncle or, or, you know, a, a, some guy at the boys and girls club, but, but for, for women to realize that, that they really need to have a father figure in the lives of their kids or something's going to be missing. Mm-hmm. And, and to how, how do you support and not create a greater problem? Because like you, you, you were saying that, that, you know, that they may have a problem with them as a partner, but the, the kids, the kids need a father. I mean, you yeah. you have kids that are looking for their you know kids that have been adopted they're looking for their their parents you know 30 years 40 years later because so it's true. always there yeah and i think I, I come back to father father gregory boyle who heads homeboy industries he, he has this great quote where he said every home every homeboy he met you know like in working in the gangs every guy in the gangs that every one of them has a father shaped hole in his heart mm-hmm. and and so the the behavior of your child so whether you're a mother or father, the behavior of your child is, is in large part going to be shaped, influenced, directed by their relationship with a father. And, and so, again, it's never too late. Just like what Donald said, it's never too late. Your kids need you, whether it's 40 years later, 50 years later, whether you've been in prison or whether you've been there every day for them. Your, the, your children need yeah. to know that they have a father, that the, the father is there for them. And, um, and so it's never too late. I think for every man to realize you know, it's, it's not too late and you're, and it's never too late for your kids to really have you in their lives and they need you. Mm-hmm. Um, so become that, become that guy. Just like Donald said, Donald nailed it today. <laughs> Take today. Yeah, no, so good gentlemen. I appreciate it. And again, like I said, this is very touches my heart as I'm bringing my first child and he happens to be a boy um, and how he can be the best father right in the future. Um, yeah. And yeah. also be an ally to, you know, partnering with women so that we are growing a better world truly um, by just the actions within the four corners of his own home and then to help outside of that in his community. So I appreciate that so much. Um, We are looking forward for people joining Father Con and we are getting y'all back on the show because we need more men to talk about human trafficking like you are doing. Um, and awesome. this is so related, as you know, we didn't even scratch the surface of that, we but didn't, yeah, we're, yeah. we're going to trust that piece. <laughs> we're going to, um, Hey, and maybe, and maybe we can do it in person at Austin one day. Uh, any, any excuse I have to get to the city, I, I look for it. So. You come down anytime, Donald. We'll be happy to have All right. you. Absolutely, sir. Alrighty, gentlemen, Thank y'all you. have Thank a good you so one. Much. Thanks for listening. You can find more episodes and all of our other Hot Pie Media originals baked fresh daily at our home online at hotpiemedia.com, the Hot Pie Media YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts.